Welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. All right, bang, bang, goaltenders, and welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast and the Goalie Hacks audio experience with your host, Mike Santaguida. And this week, I had a fire conversation with the Providence Bruins starting goalie, Kyle Kaiser, and in this conversation, we go into the ups and downs of Kyle's career, uh, making his way all the way up to the American League and being rostered in the NHL this season, and why being resilient is so important in your career to make your way up to, to the to the top of the hockey ranks globally, and what exactly Kyle did to overcome all the challenges he faced in his career to the top ranks of pro hockey through injuries. Uh, through politics and through letdowns that we all go through and uh, you know Kyle is such a, a great dude with an amazing attitude and it couldn't be happier to, to to see him having success given what he's been through and and I know he has a very bright future ahead of him so cheers to Kyle for making some time and coming on to the episode this week uh, with uh, very hot with some uh, passion and enthusiasm and uh, I know you guys are gonna love this one so without further ado Let's get into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat Kyle and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast. I'm excited to be joined today by another active professional goaltender, current starter with the Providence Bruins in the AHL, and that gentleman is Kyle Kaiser. And after growing up in Carl Springs, Florida, Kyle moved up to, uh, to northern USA during his minor hockey years playing with Bell Tire and Victory Honda before moving on and signing in the OHL as a 16-year-old in 2015 for the Flint Firebirds. And after making his major junior debut playing 17 games that season, Kyle went on to play over an additional 140 games in the league, uh, getting an opportunity to represent Team USA in the WJCU20s in his final year, as well as making his pro debut uh, playing a playoff game for the Providence Bruins. And after graduating from junior hockey, Kyle went on to sign full-time with the Boston Bruins organization, uh, playing in both the AHL and the ECHL for the last couple of years uh, before making the jump to the AHL as a full-time starter this season while also making an NHL roster appearance for the Bruins. And he's experienced tons of success at the next level. And I'm excited to welcome him to the show today to chat some goaltending development. Kyle, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, I'm doing great. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Always good to talk about goaltending and talk about hockey. So anytime I get to do that, I'm more than happy to. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I usually, when I reach out to guys, you don't get too much resistance. The goal is yeah. just... Uh, I don't know. We love talking about the game and, and it's also yep. fun, you know, giving back to obviously the younger guys out there, but um, you know, obviously great, great to have you on. I know you're busy in, in the middle of your season. I know you said you also just got home yep. uh, for, for holidays. So I appreciate you making some time. Cool. Um, you, you know, we kind of mentioned earlier um, in your, in your intro there, you kind of grew up in Florida and then you moved to the mm -hmm. North. Maybe you can kind of give everybody a bit of an insight into what that, why you made that move. Yeah, so uh, I grew up uh, down in in Fort Lauderdale, or or Coral Springs actually is the actual city. That's where you mentioned in the uh, yeah. in the intro. And uh, yeah, no, I grew up down there. I played most of my minor hockey, I would say, down in Fort Lauderdale that area um, until I was about 14 years old. You know, I was fortunate enough where, you know, I started working with a goalie coach when I was five years old um, down in Florida, Rob Tallis, who's mm -hmm. been the goalie coach for the Panthers now for as long as I can remember, even since I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know. So I was fortunate, I guess, I right away, even though I was playing in Florida, I had, you know, pretty elite goaltending coaching right off the bat um, as, as a five-year-old. So, yeah. um, you know, I got fortunate in that sense. And then, 
you know, when I moved up to Michigan, I was, I was about 14 years old. I think I got to that age where, um, you know, it was the time where the draft for the OHL was going right. to start coming around the USHL juniors was going to be an option here at this point. And, you know, I think it was just time for me to kind of move up North and, uh, get a little bit of more exposure and play in those teams every single weekend instead of, you know, flying in for tournaments and whatnot. So I think it was just the right move at the right time for me personally. And, for you know, sure. I'm for- fortunate enough that I had, you know, my mom moved up here with me and she's been, you know, great support. So, um, you know, I think it was, I think it was perfect timing in every sense of, um, you know, how I played in Florida and, you know, growing up down there and then, and, you know, doing things the right way and really working on my development down there before I was, you know, comfortable enough to come up here and make that job. Yeah. Is, is, was major junior something you sort of always had on your mind or is that your goal? Yeah. You maybe planted that seed a little bit as well. Honestly, you know, major juniors was something that I've always been very, you know, interested in, which is really bizarre, actually, you know, growing up in Fort Lauderdale, that's, <laughs> you know, major juniors is not a thing that's like talked about, you know, down sure. where, where I'm grow where I grow up, I mean, maybe around the rink a little bit, you know, because we're all hockey nerds, but yeah. for the great for the big thing of it, it's not I mean, and, and if there's any hockey talked about, you know, in Florida, it's, it's kids wanting to go up and play D1 at Michigan or right. Boston College or Boston University, or wherever it might be. Um, you know, for me, I just, I, I honestly, I just felt, you know, for a while that I knew that major juniors was, was the route that I wanted to go. Mm. I felt like it was the best for my development. Um, you know, I had a lot of conversations with my parents, my agent, uh, my advisor yeah. at the time, my agent now, you know, about what was best for me, you know, and I think that's a, a major thing that we have to keep in mind is everyone's path is going to be different, right? For sure. There's certain kids that, you know, benefit from college and there's certain guys that benefit from major yeah. juniors such as I, but that doesn't make either decision right or wrong. So yeah. I think the main focus for me was just finding what I was going to be feel comfortable with. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't want to go into something and have second doubts. And I also wanted to go into something that, you know, I was fully committed to not get into my first year juniors and think, Oh, I should have went to college. You yeah. know, I wanted to go four years of, you know, focusing on what I needed to do every day and not regretting any decision. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it's it's obviously kind of funny because you know you, 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 the Canadians are trying to get down into the USA and the, yeah. some of the Americans are trying to get up here. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering if uh, that ever sort of crossed your mind. I mean, I'm sure you're considering going to major junior. Or there's probably some colleges in the mix. So did that ever yeah. like come to a point where you're like, you know, maybe you, you might have made that jump or no? Um, I don't know. Like I, I just you know it was something that I guess. I just, I just had to feel it out the process, you know, in in that sense. And, you know, what was, what was in it a lot of, I think a lot of it also depends on what colleges are interested in you versus what major junior options are are interesting. You know what I mean? I think the main thing, and and this is one thing I'll say is like picking college, like your dream school, like let's say for instance, your dream school is Michigan. Yeah. You might want to go to Michigan, but if if there's not going to be an opportunity for you to grow there, is that really the right step for you? Like, is that really the right, you know, decision for your career as a, as a mm. whole or is it just a you know a dream and that just depends on what the kids are you know trying to achieve with their you know their dream whether they just want to play college hockey and then that's great or if they want to make it pro and they need that extra opportunity i felt that you know the major junior playing a 68 game schedule playing every three games a week right. against top players i felt like that was going to give me the best preparation that i needed to have to eventually play, play pro yeah, well, you know, before we jump into the the convo, maybe you can just give us some insight into you know how the season's going for you and your team so far up to this point, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the challenges you know you guys have had to overcome due to COVID at this, up to this point as well. Yeah, no, the season's been going well personally. Um, you know, I feel happy with my game. I made a lot of adjustments in the summertime that uh, you know I really wanted to 
kind of see how they they implemented this year and you yeah. know I've, I've i've been happy with the progress and it's a work in progress every single day but you know i've been happy with the progress that i've made in my game uh going into my third year pro for my first two years of pro yeah. and the challenges have been difficult honestly i'm not going to lie to you with with everything covid wise um yeah. you know guys guys coming in and out of the lineup us having to bring guys up from you know various teams in the coast and having guys sit out that are regulars and then you know you get a little momentum you win a couple of games and then the season gets shut down or whatever yeah. it may be so you know there's a lot of you know frustrating parts in that sense but you know everyone's going through it so at that same time you have to also realize that everyone's in the same boat as you and you just got to manage it you, you really do you have to you have to find what works best for you and, and kind of just navigate it and that's kind of what I've been trying to do. So it's been tough in the sense of, you know, figuring out, you know, obviously another COVID year, but, um, but, you know, our team's doing well. We've been playing really well as of late. So that's kind of unfortunate that we got shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, I, I wish uh, you and your squad the, the best of luck as we, we roll through the, the thick of the season. I know there's some shutdowns here, but uh, yeah, hopefully we can kind of open back up and, and continue yeah. to, with some level of normality you know mm -hmm. i mean uh, but we, we kind of touched on you know the beginning of your hockey career and where we're at now but maybe you can kind of just briefly share a bit of, um, a bit more of your story and your background how sure. we got to where we are today yeah so as i mentioned earlier i grew up playing for the florida junior panthers um you know which was our pretty much our only triple a team down there um so i grew up down there playing throughout that system for most of my life you know, our teams weren't great, but, you know, that helped me develop. I got a bunch of shots every single game, even though we lost some games and a lot of games when we came up to these Northern tournaments, it helped me get the exposure that I needed um, and then the development that I needed. Um, so that was, that was great. And then I moved up to Michigan when I was 14. I played for Bell Tire in my band of major year, which was my first year of really playing up North full time and being on a team in Michigan, which was great. Our team was <laughs> unbelievable. Um, we had a bunch of bunch of guys actually that on that team that have ended up going on to play pro hockey. So it's kind of cool yeah. to see those guys and how they're doing. Um, and then, yeah, I played U16 victory Honda, uh, my draft year in the OHL, which was, you know, a good year for me. Um, went to the NTDP tryouts, didn't make the team. Unfortunately, there was a bunch of good goalies that year and, for you know, sure. but that was, that was okay for me. And, you know, at the time when, when it happened, I was pretty, you know, bummed out about it, yeah. but it opened up another door for me and an opportunity to go to, and play in the OHL, which I probably wouldn't have if I made that team. Mm. Um, so there's always those things that happen that, you know, in hindsight at the time, it doesn't look great. And then, you know, things end up working themselves out. So that's why I try to stay too, true to that process. So, and then my first year I played in Flint, um, uh, a, rough, a rough year for me personally and just in general. Um, you know, it was a lot of ups and downs that year. It was my first year of really trying to navigate living on my own, yeah. uh, managing a much stronger league going from U16 um, right into one of the best junior leagues in the entire world. So, you know, honestly, that year was, was tough, but I had a great goalie partner for half the year, um, Alex Nedeljkovic, um, Detroit's goalie, mm, obviously, yeah. who's, who's still to this day actually one of my best friends. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we're really close and, you know, that was a, it was a good year for me in that sense. Cause I really did take a lot from him and get to learn from him, um, in my first year of juniors. And, you know, when things weren't going well for me, he was kind of there to keep me from, you know, bottoming out and keeping me yeah. level headed and helping me out in that sense. So, and then Oshawa is honestly kind of where I found my stride. Um, that's where I gained the most confidence. That's mm -hmm. when my game really took a turn for the better. Um, my first year I played with Jeremy Brodeur. Um, yep. I backed him up and got to kind of watch him and learn from him a little bit too, as an older guy. 
Um, cool guy, super nonchalant approach. Couldn't be more polar opposite of me in the way that we prepare for things. But honestly, it gave me a good perspective of the other side of it and seeing some different things from him. Yeah. So he knows I love him to death. And um, so, yeah, so I got a good learning year that year, my first year in Oshawa. I worked with uh, Zach Burke, was our goalie coach, who's now the goalie coach up in Ottawa uh, for the Senators. Yeah. Um, Berkey was really instrumental in my game honestly he he really took a lot of things that I needed to clean up that I didn't even realize until we started breaking things down and and you know started that I would say that transition from my game um into what it is today I would give him a lot of credit along with my goalie coach back home AJ Walchak um for really helping implement that so my last and then my three years in Oshawa were amazing my last year was my last year was of juniors was my starting year and that was probably my best year to, to date um just felt so good and then you know, like you mentioned in the pre-show, I was fortunate that year to represent Oshawa in the World Juniors, or yeah. sorry, Oshawa, USA yeah. in the World Juniors, um, and had a great time with those guys and, you know, great experience. And now, I hear, now I'm in Boston system playing pro, and it's, you know, it's been a little bit of, uh, you know, process for sure um, of, of still growing. I think that's, that's a big thing is just, you know, those jumps, you know, they're not easy at first and some, it may come easier to some guys than it does others. But, you know, I think there's a, there's a really special, you know, part of, you know, goaltending in the sense of you have to have that patience in Mm. all aspects of everything in order to be successful. And that, that includes your development. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll jump into sort of your, your transition each level and and how you navigated those challenges. Obviously everybody goes through them, but uh, why don't we just start off, you know, sure. sort of with your personal goaltending philosophy and maybe you can just detail to everyone, you know, your, your sort of three or four main pillars that you surround and build your game around and, and why you think they're so important. Yeah. So for me, you know, a couple of pillars that I, you know, really try to emphasize in my game would be, you know, the things that I may want to make sure that I'm doing well every single day would be like good positioning, um, tracking pucks, um, you know, and then a, another thing that's going to be kind of unique that I'm sure not a lot of people are going to say as pillars. Mine would be my breathing. And, you know, my breathing is a pillar in my game, just in the sense of like, that really keeps me level headed throughout all processes. You know, whether I make the best save of my life or I let up the worst goal of my life, you know, the coming back to my breath and really staying in the present kind of helps me mm-hmm. stay grounded throughout the process. So, yeah. you know, those are my three pillars. And I know, you know, the third one isn't exactly, you know, a goaltending like technical aspect of a game or whatever like that. But it's something that I find that, you know, if I didn't work on that, I don't think I'd be as good, you know, as I, you know, have had, you know, I wouldn't have as much success as I've had. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll start there. Um, you know, is is that something you've sort of always used and maybe you can kind of detail more, you know, how you focus on it and and when things kind of get away from you, how you use it to, to bring it all back. Yeah. So I'll touch into the breathing aspect. So the breathing part of, my game has come from my my focus on the mental and the emotional aspects of goaltending. Mm. Um, you know, that's something I've, I would say I've put a lot of emphasis on, emphasis on on the past two years would mm. just would be getting that mental part of my game down pat. Um, you know, because and, and let's say, for instance, we go out and practice and I work on, you know, we work on our physical aspects, our skating, you know, puck tracking, you know, right. rebound control, all the basics. Uh, stuff of goaltending that makes you a good goalie right that's your foundation now the thing that I found that I was struggling with was you know getting in my own head about things and you know that's Mm -hmm. where my because I knew I had the skill level it was just myself beating myself up so for me I would say it was probably my last year of juniors before that year started 
Um, you know, I talked to a sports psychologist out of Vancouver. His name's Dr. Saul Miller. Um, recommended to me from a couple of people. Actually, Nadalkovich was one of the guys that used him. So he mm. kind of, you know, told me to to talk to him. And that was, that's, that's what we talked about for an hour. Honestly, it was our breathing. Wow. And it was something that was really an eye-opening thing for me. Um, and I started to implement certain things into my game. Um, you know, one of those things that I try to try to do, and it's alongside the mental and breathing aspect would just be, you know, my mentality, the whole game is next shot. So, and I know that sounds easy to say, but I literally say it out loud to myself. Like if there's six, if there's 16 shots on the score shot on the score thing, I'll say, okay, shot 17, shot 18, shot 19. You know what I mean? I'll keep counting them as the game goes along. And all that does is help me stay grounded on what I need to focus on for the next, my next task. Right. Because if I'm worried about the next little bit or whatever, then that's where I get in trouble. So the breathing part, you know, just taking deep breaths through my, in through my nose, out through my mouth and just helping me stay focused on my breath helps me stay grounded in the present. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal, man. No, I share a very, very similar approach. Uh, you know, some people it's sort of like internal, you know, self-talk. Some people they mm-hmm. say some things out loud and they kind of, you know, it, it's uh, very common, but for, mm-hmm. for your good positioning, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that you mentioned, you know, what exactly in your mind are, are sort of the, the things that you're anchoring on that, mm-hmm. that encompass that, like during a game that maybe you're, sure. you're having some self-talk about. So in the, in the sense of like my positioning. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. some people, you know, say, oh, I want to be center square challenge. Like that's, right. that's, the, that's what positioning is to them. So right. what's it to you? Like, what does that sort of encompass good positioning? What are the, the core things you focus on within that? Yeah, I think for me, good positioning is just, you know, being at the top of your crease, reading mm-hmm. the play as it is, um, you know, a lot of a lot of my positioning is situational, right? And I think yes. that's a big thing to understand for young goalies as well is that for every situation, I think there's a certain position that I can be, you know, utilizing, whether it be the reverse, you know, whether mm-hmm. it be shin lock, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I think, you know, my positioning and the way that I focus on positioning in the game of goaltending is actually just seeing and scanning the ice before anything, because I think that's what helps me get into better position than anything. You know yep. what I mean? Cause like if your skating is good enough and you can recognize, okay, there's a two on one coming, the guy coming down on my glove side, he's a right-handed shot, yeah. right? So his, his natural shot would be short side glove high right. to bring it into his body. He's got to pull it in. Right. So that's where I, that's already how I'm thinking as this play is developing down the ice. Okay. Yeah. Now that he's on the right side, okay, I don't have to play towards the middle of my net. I can take right. a, little, a little bit of that short side because if he pulls it in, I'm, I'll have that visual cue that then I need to adjust my positioning. But then it's a two-on-one. You got to notice where the guy in the back door is. Is he a one-timer threat? Is he have to catch it and release it? Am I going right. to have time to get there over my feet? Like there's so much thinking that goes on. <laughs> and, and it's like, and I know it sounds overwhelming and it's not like I'm thinking about all these things, but it's right. just natural, right? Like it's just something I, I notice. I pick up, okay, he's right-handed. He's a one-timer. Boom. And it happens in a split second, right? Yeah. And I know I'm just breaking it down a little bit more. But I think that's where, you know, I find my foundation of positioning in that sense, right? Yeah. And I think that's so important. I think especially as you get older and you get to the you get to pro hockey, I would say 90% of the saves I make are positioning. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Or making them the miss the net by being a good position. Yeah, it's it sounds like you're additionally sort of talking about this concept of uh, crease management, right? Is yeah. un- understanding you know how you frame the net, 
mm-hmm. when when and then sort of maximizing your, your probability of success sure. in, in every area of the ice or whatever hand he is. And obviously, as you get to that level, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, you build up that attention to detail sure. with hand where they are on the ice, uh, number mm-hmm. of threats, et cetera, depth, mm-hmm. everything. And it all kind of starts clicking a lot faster, right? Agreed. Yeah, no, I think the, the crease management part that you just brought up, that's, that was one of the main things that I worked on over the summer this past summer. Yeah. Um, just not getting too far outside my crease, mm-hmm. realizing that I'm taking up more net than I actually think I am on certain plays, right? right? And that's why I was talking about the different blade positions where guys are, because I think that can help you a lot with your positioning and making sure you're staying in control, right? Because it's easy to get to the top of the crease and just fly out at a guy, right? Then it doesn't really yeah. matter, right? But when you get to the pro level, like, Guys are too good. They'll fake and throw it over, and yeah. then you're swimming like you're swimming like a fish back, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's certain ways that I think about the game, and I and I know a lot of elite goaltenders think about it in the same way. And I think I honestly think positioning is like probably the number one thing you can do to better yourself mm-hmm. in the set and, and making saves and making the game a whole lot easier for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I mentioned, you know, you grew up playing in, in the tier one uh, elite AAA hockey league in, in uh, the northern part of the USA mm-hmm. uh, before transitioning to junior hockey. Um, you know, what do you think is probably the most important skill that, that young kids should be developing at a young age while they're playing minor hockey that will translate mm-hmm. well and, and help them transition better to the next level when they get there? I would say personally, I think skating is probably the most important thing that yeah. you can do at a young age. I think for me, it was it was hammered over and over again by all my goalie coaches that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was something that was such a high emphasis for me was my skating because I felt like, you know, for these young kids, you know, I you know the skating part if they can get that to be so good, mm-hmm. then everything else I think naturally flows in. When you're skating lax and you're trying to build up other parts, you know, I think what I'm trying to say is I think if you're a good skater at a young age, I think you can compensate for maybe the, some of the stuff that you haven't been able to yeah, like master sure. yet. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like for these young kids, if they can beat a pass on their feet and get their square, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then I think they're already ahead of the ball game in that sense. Cause then, you know, if they get beat high glove, okay, well you were there in position, your skating was good. We just need to work on, you know, maybe some positioning on your glove positioning or stuff like that, which is easier to fix. I think than mm-hmm. trying to, you know, make a guy, you know, who's, 15 or 16 years old, a good skater at 15 or 16. It's much harder, I think, at that point of your life at a, at an older age to change that muscle memory. Yeah. So if you're a young goalie and you can get that muscle memory in a correct fashion and good skating right away, I think that'll just follow you throughout your career. Yeah. I, I found that with myself personally. Yeah. No, I mean, it comes up a lot. Uh, obviously, building a good skating foundation. Now you, you're playing at the American League level and knocking mm-hmm. on the doorstep of the NHL. It's it's like a, a non non-negotiable now it's right. like the before they were just looking for you know back in sort of when i was growing up uh, mm-hmm. in the early 2000s with a lot of there was sort of this jigger era where they just wanted big yeah. guys now they want guys with size that can oh, move because yeah. if you can't move it doesn't matter how big you are they're going to find a way to to if they can't put it through mm-hmm. you around you they're gonna they're gonna pass it left right you know up down they're just yeah. the skill level is so high now they just make plays like with with no space right Certainly. Yeah. The game is, the game's way too fast these days for you yeah. to just sit on your goal line and try and make plays and guys are passing back door. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I guess the perfect example of skating and size would be like a guy like Vasilevsky. I mean, yeah, he's a freak in nature, sure. yeah. like his skating along with his sizes, I would say, you know, probably the best in the world. Yeah, it's elite, it's remarkable right? to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, the, the following year you moved on to, to you know make your junior debut as a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you talked about having some uh, growing pains making that transition, obviously, yeah. at such a young age. Um, but what surprised you the most and where did you struggle the most initially when you, when you made that jump? Yeah, I think I, sh- I would say I struggled the most in the sense of, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I, I, I've really relied on like this athletic style of play, almost like a Jonathan Quick in that sense where, you know, mm. I'm just using my pure athleticism to make saves. And I think I found when I got to major junior that that just wasn't going to work at that level. Yeah. Like I was going to have to put some things in my game, like the positioning that I'm telling you to make saves. Like I couldn't just purely use my athleticism to make saves anymore. Like I needed to have a good foundation of good positioning mm-hmm. and just make the game easier for myself. So I think that first year I was still trying to play like I was playing U16s and that just wasn't going to you know, be sustainable. Mm-hmm. I'd have good games, you know what I mean? But it wasn't consistency. Right. And I think the building of the positioning into my game and the little things honestly has not helped me become that much better of a goaltender overall, but it just helped me become a more consistent goaltender in the sense of, I know what I'm going to get out of my game every night Mm. when you're relying on pure athleticism and, you know, just instinct that works for only so long. You need to have something that you have those building blocks. We talk about the building blocks in goaltending. You need to have something you can come back to when stuff isn't going right, just to keep it simple. Um, So I think that first year was just me kind of learning about, okay, this isn't going to work. And then me trying to make adjustments mid-season. And it was a 68-game schedule, right? As a 16-year-old kid, that's the first time I've ever done this in my whole life, right? So we're playing three games, four games a week. We're traveling. I have school. So, you know, it was a lot of adjustment for me. And, you know, meanwhile, you're making a huge jump in hockey. You're playing some of the best junior players in Canada, 20-year-old kids that are playing in the NHL the next year. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, um, but honestly, it was a great learning experience for me. It was something I absolutely needed. Like I, I, I'm very adamant that, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without having to go through those growing. Things. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody, everybody does. It doesn't matter if you go to tier two or no. junior B or whatever it is, right? Like everybody sort of faces some type of, uh, some right. level of adversity when they make that jump. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you kind of mentioned that when you moved on, obviously you ended up playing substantial amount of games in the OHL, mm-hmm. uh, 140 following your 17 in your rookie year. And uh, you mentioned working in Oshawa, you made, you made a bunch yep. of adjustments to help you, you know, find a success. What, what exactly were yep. uh, a couple of those big adjustments that you made that, that helped you so much? Yeah. So I think part of my adjustment process was as we're coming back to this positioning thing, I think is a huge anchor in my game because I've really just honed it in so much over the past like five or six years. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the main things was just focusing on, like we talked about earlier, that crease containment, that crease management, not yeah. getting out of control. You know what I mean? There would be like, you know, before if there was backdoor plays, for instance, it'd be like, oh, automatic me in the splits trying to make the highlight reel save. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, well, that puck bounced three times on the way to the pass and I had plenty of time to beat that on my right. feet or even slide in a controlled manner where I can make an easy save, control the rebound and then be in position if there is a rebound, right? Yeah. Before I'm going in the splits and then I make the save, oh, it's a highlight real save. Well, yeah, now you're flat on your belly and the puck's laying right next to you getting tapped mm-hmm. in the net. So, you know what I mean? So there was a little, there was so many adjustments in that sense of like, you know, well, I got to just manage to, you know, figure this out. So I would say the positioning, and then, the, like I said, the skating part, my skating, I feel like has always been good, but there are certain tweaks and adjustments I wanted to make to it in the sense of like, like I said, keeping my feet a little quieter in the net, mm. um, you know, on different plays, not just, you know, not getting out of control, kind of, you know, more or less, I would always try and chase pucks. Like I want to beat that puck there, you know, rebound yeah. back to where I want to beat that puck there, you know, 
part of my game of con controlling and containing it now was more or less like, okay, I'm a good enough skater. I can be there in time, but I don't need to overextend myself. I can get there and make that save and cover it up in my belly. You know what I mean? I think that's the number one thing when I watch NHL goalies. And, you know, for instance, I've been in Boston system now for three years, watching Tuca in practice and in training right. camps and stuff like that. He, he, he barely moves like in that sense, like he lets pucks yeah. hit him. Very like calm. it's insane. It's so calm. It's so efficient. There's no wasted movement, like none. Like it's like backdoor pass, you know, lateral release into a save, boom, off the shoulder, pucks there, quick turn into the reverse, back in, make another save, cover it up, throw it to the corner, give me the next shot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's remarkable to watch. Yeah. And I think that's what's, you know, that's when I watched those guys early and when I was still in the OHL going to training camp with Boston, those were the things I picked up on that I really needed to work on. Yeah. Yeah, well, you also had an opportunity to to play a playoff game in the American League in your final yep. season in the in the league uh, for Providence. Mm -hmm. uh, probably was a, a also a great taste of of what you'd be stepping into full time the following yep. year. But you know what what surprised you the most when you, when you got there for that one game you played after playing major junior hockey for a few years? Oh man, that was that was a whirlwind. I think we lost on in overtime on Wednesday. My junior career was over and I was on a flight the next day at like 11 in the morning to go to Charlotte to meet wow. them for the game. So that was a whirlwind of emotions. But no, that that first game was awesome. I mean, you know, I kind of went into it with the attitude of, you know, I got nothing to lose here. I got to yeah, go out and just have sure. fun and play hockey. You know nice. what I mean? Like I'm getting called up and, you know, this is this is my time and my opportunity Dream. to just go out there and have fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to play pro hockey for the first time. <laughs> and, you know, not many guys get called up into a playoff game for their first game. But, yeah. you know, it was kind of nice for me, you know, in that sense. And um, the main thing I noticed, it was just everything's a lot crisper. You know what I mean? Guys make passes around the tape. Guys that want to pick their spots, they pick their spots. You know, mm -hmm. there's no there's no time I think to like waste in, in pro hockey. Like everything happens so quickly. Right. Like I remember, I think the second goal I gave up in that game was like a breakaway and the guy shot at blocker. And I actually ended up, I want to say making the save or it just went wide and it hit the glass. And I like made my, made my save. And like, I didn't, I kind of like, didn't I kind of lazily rotate rotated back into my right. post to like admired it a bit. <laughs> yeah admired it a bit I kind of like you know nonchalantly got back in there and the kid that shot the breakaway got the rebound from the corner and threw it out in front and the kid just tapped in an empty net and I was like oh man that happened way quicker than I'm right. used to so I think it was just one of those things where it was like an eye-opening moment but you know, I held my own and I had fun. And, you know, I think I was just playing off so much adrenaline and, you know, everything at that point, I was just living the dream, but no, it was a good, it was a good taste for me into what, what, what I needed to work on, what was going to be the next step for me. Yeah. So I guess if you could go back, you know, wrapping up the junior talk, if you could kind of yeah. go back to the beginning and, and maybe tell yourself one thing before making that jump, you know, what, mm -hmm. what would that be? I think it would be just to relax a little bit and have fun with hockey. I yeah. think my first couple of years, I was so concerned about getting drafted and making sure that I was going to you know, do everything I can. I want to be on the draft list. I want to get drafted, yeah. yada, yada, yada. So I was only focused on that. I think it took a lot of the fun of the game out for me in that sense. And then, you know, once I started to learn to have fun playing hockey again, and then everything else will take care of itself. That's when I started playing my best hockey. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds cliche and a lot of people think like that, but you know, when I'm playing my best, I'm just enjoying the game. I'm having fun with yeah. it. I'm not taking things too seriously and not beating yourself up after bad games. Like, yeah. you know, I think the mental part of me, like I'd have a bad game in my first year and I would like lose it. I'd be so upset. Like right. I'd be pissed for two days. And it was like, 
you, I can't waste that much emotional energy for two right. days. Like you got to learn to drop things. That's the, that's the art of goaltending is learning to having mm -hmm. a goldfish mentality. So I think that was, you know, in my junior days, that was the number one thing I would tell myself would just to, just to relax a little bit, have fun, go enjoy yourself and, and do what you do because you're good enough to play at that level or else you wouldn't be there. So, you know, it's not like you're not good enough and you can't compete there. So go have fun, enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice. Obviously, um, you know, everybody gets, uh, everybody's competitive who gets to that level, you know, mm -hmm. and, and even guys that, you know, maybe they, they lose their way along the way in pro mm -hmm. hockey. They, they say, you know what, the day I started just kind of like, uh, playing free, I guess is a good mm -hmm. way to put it is like the day I started playing good. Cause you kind of, you get back right. to the, those roots of when you're a kid, when you used to play the game, you just go out there competing and, and have fun and, you know, uh, you just uh, usually end up with a good result if you play free. For like sure. That, right? I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. So in, 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 you know, in 2019, you, you retired from junior hockey and uh, mm -hmm. since made the transition to pro in the AHL and ECHL, uh, yep. now clinching a starter role for Providence in, in your third year. Uh, maybe you can just detail to everyone your, your first impressions of the leagues as a younger guy and, and mm -hmm. the major adjustments you realized you had to make to, to be able to compete at the highest levels of pro hockey in North America. Yeah. So my first year, I'll just give you a quick synopsis. My first year, um, I had a really good training camp. I was really confident with my game where it was going in. Um, I got sent down to Atlanta. Um, they wanted me to play some games down there, which most goalies end up going down to the yeah, coast their first sure. year. So I was completely fine with that. And I had no issues, even though I know I played well up in Providence and stuff yeah. like that. So I was very prepared to go down there and make the best of it and, you know, learn and just enjoy it. But I ended up getting a concussion my first year that knocked me out for pretty much the whole season. Wow. Um, no or, way. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really tough. Um, and I think that's, you know, as we were mentioning before, I think that's kind of where I've really started to work on the mental aspect of the game was because that had a really tough mental impact on me my yeah. first year of pro. For so sure. it was something I really needed to focus on uh, because I was really down in the dumps and, you know, I had a lot of anxiety and, you know, the mental health conversation's big right now. And it was something For that sure. I, that I suffered. Reason, right? Yeah. Then that I suffered through as well my first year. So I understand what guys are going through and the pressure. So uh, my first year was tough in that sense, but I think I learned a lot about myself and a lot about, you know, life in itself, even not being on the ice that first year. So I don't want to say that my first year was a complete loss because I don't believe that at all. I yeah. believe like it was just a, a learning opportunity in a different sense for me. For sure. Um, so last year, my second year, really where I started playing hockey, you know, I started down in Jacksonville. Uh, we had a shortened season in the American League, only like 25 games. So mm -hmm. Jacksonville was going to play, a, you know, a full schedule. So, you know, he sent me down there to get some games and it was probably the best thing I could have done, honestly, for my game. Mm -hmm. um, in that sense, I found, you know, I was playing every single night. I had great teammates, I had a great team down there. Um, and, I, and like I said, I, it was the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. It was down there that year. Nice. And I, I, I can't put a finger on it or what it was, whether it was our team or just the enjoyment of everything. But you know, it was the most fun I had playing hockey. And it was a grind. I mean, it was my first, I would say, real year of pro hockey where I got the first pro grind. Um, you know, and it's just, it's the same thing from U16s to juniors as it was from juniors to, to pro. Even though we had the same schedules, pro hockey, I feel like the games are so mentally and physically taxing, Oh my God. you know, at the, at the, like, you know, the coast level, for instance, like where it's more of a run and gun kind of style. There's so yeah. many high end chances. You get three grade A's back to back to back, but I found <laughs> tons it, but of scoring I, chances, eh? it's tons of scoring chances, you know, you're getting left out to drive, but it's, <laughs> but I think it's, but I think it's fun. You know, it, it was yeah, fun for me. Make it I, fun. <laughs> right. I, but I, I felt that like every game I could go in and I could be the difference. Yeah, right? I, I knew yeah. that like, if I don't play well tonight, 
you know, this game could get bad, right? So yeah. you kind of put that internal good pressure on yourself to, all right, let's pick it up tonight. You know, you could right. be the difference in this game. And, you know, it was huge for me. And, and just getting ice time and really just focusing on implementing all those things I worked on in the summer into my game and really just being able to play games consistently really yeah. helped me after my first year. And then last year, um, after I would say about in March, I got called up to Providence and I played five games there. And, you know, it was when I got called up, I was super excited because, you know, I felt like I was ready for that, that chance yeah. this year because I played those games in the coast early on. I felt really good about where my game was. So when I got called up to Providence last year, I honestly, I felt very comfortable and at ease where, with, where, where I was. Right. Whereas my first year, I was nervous before games. And now I went into the games last year thinking like, oh, I'm ready for this. Like I've yeah. done what I needed to do. I'm prepared to play at this level. I know mm -hmm. I can be successful. Yeah. And I had a good, good five games in Providence last year. Really, I feel like I showed the organization that I was ready for that step. And then, yeah, moving on to this year, uh, had a good start to the year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, for kids looking to, to make the jump to pro hockey, obviously mm -hmm. three years played now over 45 games. Uh, you know, what, what's something that they should be aware of or, or some advice you have for them in terms of uh, what they should be prepared prepare for when they finally get to pro hockey? Yeah. So my, my thing for you in pro hockey would be just be prepared for for everything and unexpected stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's such a, you know, the guys get sent down, called up, you know, you get cut from a team, you get cut. But I think the most important thing, and this is what I'm going to stress again, I know I said this a couple of times, is just working on the mental aspects of your game and the mental aspects of life in that sense to keep you grounded. Yeah. You know, I feel like the guys that really struggle or the guys that I noticed that have struggled in goaltending at pro have been the guys that really have really highs, highs and really low lows. Right. I, you know what I mean? I think the guys that I've found that are the best are the guys that stay even keeled the whole time. And it's, you know, something I've seen my goalie partner this year, Troy Grosnick, played probably over seven or eight years of pro hockey now you know many games in the nh or many games in the hl a lot of games a couple games in the nhl you know i've, I've kind of learned that from him again this year too he's kind of reminded me there was a couple games early in the season where yeah. you know i was playing well but we weren't winning right and i was frustrated because i want to win i want to help our team win you know and i think he kind of helped me you know in that sense, just, Hey, you're playing well, you're going to win more games and you're going to lose if you keep playing like this, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like you got to just keep that perspective. And, you know, I think it's important, you know, like I said, to have perspective on everything, um, you know, and that helps, like I said, that helps you keep a level head and I can't stress how important that is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe you can kind of just touch on, obviously there's a lot of, uh, you know, when you're, when you're looking at pro hockey from the outside in, you know, when you're young, uh, mm -hmm. Like, what do you think is a big misconception among, you know, minor hockey goalies, parents and coaches about pro hockey that there needs to be more clarity on? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> What's well, well, you know, one, one that you mentioned was sort of, uh, you know, it's it's this this um, assumption sometimes that you're going to just jump in and play in the American League or the yeah. NFL, right? Uh, but yeah, I, that's just an example if you wanted to go another route. For sure. No, I, I think piggybacking off that, I think – you know, I think there's an unrealistic expectation for goalies specifically that like if you're successful at a junior level that you're going to bump, bump right into pro and, and dominate. You know, I think that's yeah. like one of those things that parents and coaches are like, oh, my kid was great in juniors. Why is he not playing in pro? Mm. It's like, well, there's a, there's a process here. You know, what I mean, there's a there's a there's a greater picture for things. And, you know, I think, you know, you've seen goalies that are rushed up too quick that end up struggling. Like, right. I think the misconception is that like, 
oh, my kid was great at this, 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 and this level. Why wouldn't he be great there? And that yeah. may very well be the case. He might step in and be great, and that's awesome. Yeah. But there are also people that, you know, have had those, you know, bumps and paths. And, you know, that's why I think it's it's kind of important. And, you know, it's not the same for every kid, but to have those kind of growing experiences as a young kid, you know, that way when you do have them at an older age, you're kind of already prepared for that. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's kind of a misconception. Um, and I'll tell you what about pro, man they your your business commodity and you got to realize that really quick and you got to realize that there's a lot of moving parts and ups yeah. and downs and call ups sure. and recalls and like i said there's just so many changes that you got to be prepared for all the unexpected yeah a lot of, a lot of obviously transactions that go on yeah. and it's uh, a, a very much results based business and uh, yeah. you know the way i look at it is is really all the years you spend playing minor hockey and junior everything you know you you, you help find your identity you know, mm -hmm. those sort of routines that, that, you know, make you click. And, and like you mentioned is uh, that help you be consistent. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and that really is, is a key factor in being able to, to have a, you know, long pro career, which you, you've gone on to have up to this point. Right. For sure. I would agree with you. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, obviously great things have happened in your career with everybody, mm -hmm. you know, there, there comes some downside. You mentioned concussion, Mm -hmm. uh you know but in maybe you can go a different route if you'd like but sure. what's probably the biggest adversity you've faced up to this point in your career and, and how'd you overcome it i would say that the the lowest part for me of my career the toughest part you know the concussions you know was was really difficult that first yeah. year but I, w I won't get into that just because it's a whole spiel but yeah. um i would say the other the other thing i honestly i went to the draft in chicago um i sat in the in the United Center for seven rounds to not hear my name called with wow. my parents there sitting there next to me. It was a tough experience. I'm not going to lie. Um, there was a lot of, you know, you know, difficult, you know, I felt bad for my parents because they, you know, they came all this way and, you know, they wanted to see me drafted and I could tell they were upset for me and I didn't want them to be upset. And, uh, you know, so I think that was the part of my career where it was either going to be make or break right then mm -hmm. and there, I was going to make the decision whether I was going to, you know, I was going to be like, all right, you know, hockey's guess is just not for me. And it's just, you know, I'll right. play the other two years of my juniors and I'll play Canadian college and, you know, that'll be it for me. Or I had the determination to say, you know what, no, that's not going to be it for me. I know I'm good enough to play at this level and I sure. just need my opportunity. And honestly, I really believe that I had to make that decision right then and there. Because yeah. um, after the draft, like my parents were upset, but I wasn't even upset. I was just like, right. all right, what's, just what? like I was next. just like, right. yeah, I was like, what's next? Like, well, where do we go from here? <laughs> And before I even walked out of the building, I had, you know, a development camp invite to Buffalo for my agent. So I was already preparing for that. That was right. in a week or so like that. So I was like, all right, perfect. My mindset's on that. Now I got to go to that camp and show them what I can do and show them that they should have drafted yeah. me. You know what I mean? So I think that was probably the biggest adversity in my career. Um, it really motivated me in that sense to sit there. Mm -hmm. And I think you get a different perspective when you're sitting there and you're seeing everyone else around you live out your dream and you don't yeah, get yeah. to get that name called. It's tough, man. It's a humbling experience, but it is. Um, it makes you play with a, with a bit of a chip on your shoulder that oh, absolutely. give you a bit more fuel, right? Absolutely. And then, you know, I went to a couple of development camps, ended up going to Boston's main camp that summer and the rest yeah. is history. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously you're looking to, to make the, the jump and transition to the NHL now, super mm -hmm. resilient. Um, you know, I, I can't stress that enough, how mm -hmm. common that theme is of just, you know, challenges, letdowns, everything, just being resilient in your career and, mm -hmm. and sort of like, like you said, just next, what's next, how do we get there? Right. What do we need to do to, you know, mm -hmm. make sure this doesn't happen again, et cetera. But, 
Uh, I know your roster with the Bruins this season. You've been to a lot of their development camps, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe you can just detail some of the characteristics uh, you noticed of of the NHL level that that sep- yeah. separates it as the best league in the world, and, and why it's so hard for goaltenders to break into. Yeah, I mean, I, the, like you said, the NHL is <laughs> the the level of hockey at that level. It, it's quite remarkable. I mean, yeah. honestly, like the things that you see in practice, and and you know you know, observing from, you know, the bench and preseason games and watching, I think it's just you, the, the skill level discrepancy is just so minute between each player, except right. for like an elite superstar, right? You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, juniors in an American league in the coast, you know, the first two lines might be stacked and the third yeah. and fourth line, they're good, but they're not as good. In the NHL, all four lines are just so elite. Like right. you have guys who are I would say I'm not going to say they're third liners, but classified on the third line or whatever like that, who are more of like, you know, get pucks in deep, all that stuff. That's their job and that's their role, but their skill set is still unbelievable. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like even going and practice against these guys. So I think, you know, these guys, just the way that they think the game, the speed that they think it, you know, the decisions they make, the deception that they have um, is so hard. Like some of these guys releases at these NHL level are so difficult to read because they're so good at, you know, disguising what they're going to do or not giving you any visual cues on where they're going to shoot. And, you know, it's just, it's a different ball game up there, man. It it really is. Things happen so much faster while these guys are so much better at, you know, not giving away what they're going to do. Yeah. And, and uh, another thing is, is sort of that margin of error also is just Mm -hmm. like the, the amount of mistakes they make is just, uh, you know, I, I would I would imagine a very minute compared to right. even the American League level, which is quite the jump from probably even the coast, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think every level as you go up, you see less and less mistakes. The game gets tighter, right? So the coast yeah. is a little bit more free-flowing, a little bit more wide open. The American League definitely shapes it up from there. Like we have some good American League games where things are systems are good, all that stuff. And yeah. the NHL, it feels like there's like no room to breathe out there. Like it feels yeah. like guys are on top of you every second. <laughs> and like you said, things there's no room for error up there in that yeah. sense. Or the margin of error is so slim. Like, yeah. you know, you miss a post seal by half an inch, it's going in the net. I know. You know what I mean? And it might be the difference between you getting an explosive push cross crease or slipping out on your post. Right. And that's the difference between it being in the back of the net or not. Yeah. And that's why that's where it's so such a small difference. And that's why I think it's so when you were asking about, you know, why maybe it'd be harder for goalies to break into the NHL, because you ha- I feel like at the NHL level, you have to have your game so shaped up so well, yeah. that everything is just flowing so naturally that you're not thinking about anything. Because the mm-hmm. minute you think about like, oh, like, you know, slide into this post, make sure blockers there, you know what I mean? <laughs> By the time you're yeah. thinking and it's in the seal, puck's already gone to the other side, right? right? Like you have to, that has to be second nature for you. Mm-hmm. And I think with goaltending, that's something that you have to just work on along the way. And then, you know, along with it, like we've seen a lot of goalies struggle with the mental aspect of, you know, maybe they get shelled in the NHL, you know, want to see how they Absolutely. bounce back. And then they go through some stretches of like ups, downs, ups, downs, you know what I mean? Then the media is on these guys, you know what I mean? It takes out, it takes a mentally strong individual to be able to withstand all that and not hear the outside noise and just focus on what they need to do. And yeah. I think that comes with growing up and maturing as you get older. Yeah. And that's why I think goalies take a little bit longer as they mature. They're more able to handle that, you know, all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I, I want to dive into your routines finally sure. here. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit on and off the ice. Maybe we'll just start with your game day routine. You maybe take us from the night before yeah. uh, to game time and, and how you get ready to play every week. Yeah, I mean, I have a pretty, you know, intricate routine, I would say. You know, the night before the game, it's, you know, I'd like to, 
you know, I do that. I use that visual edge program. I know it's a big nice. thing for a lot of goalies. It's something that I've really, I've done for about two years now. I keep renewing my subscription just because I find that it really dials my eyes in. I don't know. Yeah. I find a difference from it. Um, so I, I really use that pretty much every night uh, or three times a week. And I'll do the night before games just to get focused in. And then, you know, the day of the game, you know, morning, you know, I like to get up, obviously have a good breakfast to get to the rink. And then, you know, I like to do, you know, pretty good, decent warm up in the morning. I don't know why, but I find that if I get warmed up in the morning, when I come for game time, my body's already pretty loose. And I like, yeah. when I get into my warm ups and my stretches, it doesn't feel like I'm like, like tight already. You know what I mean? Mm. It feels like I'm just kind of focusing on that. Um, and then, then the pregame skate, like one of the things I really focus on when I go, when I go out for pregame skate, I really don't care how many goals I give up. I'm not trying to make every save. All I'm focusing on is really just tracking pucks. That's mm. all I care about. It's so, super simple. If I can track, if I track a puck all the way to my glove and it still beats me, I'm like, all right, whenever you beat me, I just want to make sure I follow it all the way with my mm. eyes. So my eyes are dialed in on where things are happening, you know, falling plays cross crease i want to make sure my head goes before my body just little things like that yep. just to kind of get my head in the right mind space um and then get home obviously i'll make a pregame meal it just depends on the day i'm not a superstitious guy in that sense and then usually like to shut it down for a little nap and then uh um, you know um i would say it depends on the day you know if we got home from a road trip the night before and i'm tired you know maybe i'll shut it down for an hour and a half if, yeah. if i feel good i might just do like a 45 quick minute power yeah. nap just to get a little you know boost of energy i like to get to the rank about i'd say probably about two hours or 45 minutes before the game i'm pretty early there um i just don't like to be rushed i really just like to go through my routine and kind of just settle in and feel good about where things yeah. are i don't like to be running around where i feel like oh i gotta be here i gotta do this now i gotta do this now you know i, mean? yeah. I like to just let it flow naturally as things go um take my sticks up uh you know relace my skates whatever needs to be done make sure all my gear's set that's my first thing i do when i get to the rink um then i'll usually see my trainers depending on if i need some treatment on some things that are bothering me or just get loosened up before the game and then i would say right around the two hour mark before the game starts is when i really start to all right this is where i'm getting mentally prepared um so i'll do some juggling and some ball you know hand-eye coordination stuff i do that for about 15 minutes i got like this routine that i have with my with uh, different kind of drills that i do and i've done those for i want to say years now so it's something i've nice. just stuck to and that's worked for me um and then i do a little bit of meditation um right after right after my juggling so right mm -hmm. after my juggling i'll do about five minutes of meditation to kind of ground myself and make sure my breath is where it needs to be before the game starts um and then I like to go on the bench right before I, I right around mm. about 15, 15 minutes before warmups, I'll get dressed um, and then I'll sit on the bench for about 10 minutes and I'll listen to music. And all I do is I just scan the ice with my eyes back and forth. And I kind of picture the game as it's happening out there and re, and picturing different situations that I mm. might see in a game, you know, and I'm literally watching, looking at my net where I'm going to be and just picturing an image of a two on one coming down on me and how I would read that and how I'd play that correctly. Yeah. Cause I, I do a ton of visualization. I find it's very helpful for me. Mm. And I've found that for many years I've done that. So I'll go out there and I'll visualize different, you know, different situations happening, two-on-ones, breakaways, different plays that I see routinely through yeah. a game. That way it's in the forefront of my mind. That way when I go out there, it's just natural happening. Yeah. And then I'll do, you know, I'll sit in the middle of the benches and then I'll look at each dot. So like the far dot and then my near dot and I'll, scan it back and forth with my eyes because i find that you're like i always i heard from a you know visual coach one time your eyes are muscles too they need to stretch out they need to loosen up as well as the oh, rest yeah. of your body Un so under, i do undervalued to be honest way undervalued you know what i mean i i, I really i think you nailed it on that head there i think yeah. 
I do some visual stuff before every game for about five minutes before I, right before I go out for the game. And I find it just gets my eyes dialed in and ready to go and loosened up. And man, I think it makes a world of a difference. And I think if there's any goalies or young goalies listening to this podcast, I think if you can work on some visual stuff and, and it's seriously like at home stuff that you can do, yeah. if you look up drills on Google, like it's not like the $500 gimmick that you need. No, you can literally <laughs> do it with, you know, pen paper, like stuff like that, of yeah. like getting your eyes going. So just little things like that. And that's my routine. And, I, and I'm pretty strict about it. And I do the same things every game day. And, you know, yeah. it might depend on how I'm feeling or, you know, depending like if I you know need to get my legs well, maybe I'll ride the bike a little longer. But I yeah. think everything stays the same for the most part. Yeah. And then what about sort of dealing with in-game and, and performance mm-hmm. anxiety and, and pressure? Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, stakes are high, you know, whether yep. you, you, you know, you, everybody kind of puts that pressure on themselves here and there, whether scouts in the, scan, the stands, mm-hmm. you got somebody watching you or whatever it is you, you for whatever reason, you know, what, what are some, you know, uh, anchor techniques or, you know, yeah. you, I obviously mentioned a lot of breathing, like what, what, what yeah. specifically do you do? Like when you notice you kind of get away from you that, that helps you bring it back. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. Cause I think there's a ton of times in a game where you maybe don't feel like you have it that night or it does get away from you a little bit, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think there's a, you know, there's a process to bringing it back in and really honing it in. And, you know, the one thing I'll share with, with you, my, my sports psychologist taught me this, and I think this is the greatest way to think about this. He says, your mind is, your mind is like a TV. If there's something on your channel that you don't like, just change it, change the channel. Mm. You know what I mean? If you're thinking bad thoughts, just change the channel to something good. I'm like, okay, well that kind of makes sense. Like if you Mm. think about it. So anytime I start to have these doubts creep in my mind, I'll take a deep breath, release it. And then say something positive to myself. You're a good goalie. All right, mm. let's be top of the position, top of the crease here. Good positioning. You know, let's let's watch this play. Let's track pucks all the way, and let's just focus on one thing. You know what I mean? So those constant, I think, out loud reassurances to yourself. Once you start to say them over and over again, it's natural for your brain to put that at the forefront of your mind and start to actually believe that. So yeah. if you can trick your brain into thinking, you know, you might not feel good that game, but if you tell your brain enough that, hey, I feel great. I'm ready to go. Let's do this thing. Yeah. your brain's going to, you're eventually going to start to feel that way and take mm-hmm. that on. You know what I mean? And if you start to think, Oh, I don't have it today. I'm not doing well. Like I don't yeah. feel like I'm tracking pucks. Well, I'm not reading the game well at all. Like this is going to be bad. That's when you start to sink back into your net a little bit and things start to actually compound. Yeah. And I think you can't, that's a huge you can't thing. let that self-talk get away from you. Right? No, no, it's so important. And that's why I use the breathing with the self-talk. I'll take a deep breath and then, you know, the constant positive re- reaffirmations to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what do you do after you get scored on? Do you have a routine? Yeah. I mean, I, after I get scored on, I'm not like everyone where I do the, the whole water bottle thing. I like to watch the goal on the, t- on the, you know, whatever on the screen, I yeah. want to see what happened. And then all it is, is a deep breath, whew, skate to the corner. All right. That happened. Next shot, next yeah. shot. That's yeah. the first thing I say to myself after I let it go on. All right. That happened. Next shot. doesn't matter if it's a terrible goal, good goal. It doesn't matter. It's gotta be the next <laughs> shot as a focus. Yeah. No, I love that, man. I, I, I have a similar mentality and yeah, you know, whether, whether you're in a game where you're only getting 10 shots or sometimes mm-hmm. you're in a game where you're getting like 50 yep. and uh, it really kind of helps just, just, you know, ground you to just keep going no matter what kind of game you're in and, uh, For you know, sure. bring, your, bring your mind to the next shot or else you start getting too far ahead, you know, right. it starts giving you some anxiety and obviously right. you're, you're not in the moment in that sense. And at the same time, if you're getting too hung up on the goal and, you're not ready right. to, to make that next save because obviously right. hockey is a game of momentum, right? And and I think right. uh, great goaltenders know how to sort of ride that wave that, 
you know, yeah. hey, we lost it. How do I take it back? Well, it starts with sort of that one shot, right? Make one For save, sure. then make the next, and then it all snowballs, right? So, right. I think the the one thing that I've learned, and this is the kind of quote I go is anxiety is about the future is the best way to put it. So if you're anxious about something, you're worrying about something that's in the future that you have no control over yet. And I think that's a major thing that I tell myself, okay, I'm feeling anxious. Well, that hasn't even happened yet. So why am I going to (laughs) already put myself behind the eight ball before that's even happened, right? Take a deep breath and let's focus on what I got to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll finally here, uh, you know, what are your two biggest hacks for, for, you know, I know you mentioned a lot about the breathing and then the eye stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm big on that too, but, but maybe, you know, detail your two biggest hacks for on, on or off ice drills that, you know, you think help you get an edge. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, the one, the one on ice drill that I would tell goalies to continuously work on, I think you have to be constantly working in, in and out of your posts these days. I think as a goaltender in the day and age that we play in in 2021, we are on our posts for 90% of the game. Yeah. So if you can get good at really getting into the reverse, getting proper rotations out on reverse angles on different shots, if you can master that, I think you're going to have a lot of success at the next level because I see a lot of goalies with you know post work that might not be as clean as it should be that get beat on bad angles or that simply just don't make saves just because they can't get out in, into the right position because of what happened in their post position ceiling. So I think that's a major focus of for mine and some different drills, you know, starting at the top of the corner of your crease, you know, you can drop in a butterfly, slide in and rotate in your post, make sure you're getting good rotations, yeah. have a guy pass out on certain angles, right? So you're having to push out and read different angles of where passes would right. be. You know what I mean? And I think that's a huge thing. Um, for that sense. And then the one thing off the ice, I would say for goaltenders, and you know, if you don't do this already, like the mobility aspect of, of goaltending mm. is so, so crucially important. And I started really emphasizing my mobility off the ice about two summers ago, because yeah. I kept getting a bunch of nagging injuries, you know, my hip would hurt or my groin would hurt. I'd be like, Jesus, like I'm 20 years old, my groins and my hip shouldn't hurt this bad. Like, what, what am I doing wrong here? So I really tried to emphasize strengthening, you know, my groins, my hips and, and working yeah. on the mobility of those while strengthening them. And I found that I haven't had like any nagging injuries in the past two years as I really emphasize that. Oh, unreal, so, man. Well, well uh, Kyle, do you have any last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing? Yeah, I mean, I would just say go out and have fun. Enjoy the game. You know, like I said, that concussion year almost took the game away from me. I was that close. And it was something that I don't really take for granted anymore is every time I get to step on the ice. Um, And neither should anyone. And hockey is the best game in the world. And goaltending is the best positioning in the world. You're the make or break. That's the fun part of the game. That's why we all did it as kids. That's why we love doing it now, right? So don't ever lose sight of that. No matter if the stakes are high, if they're low and you're going to play with some buddies or you're playing in the Stanley Cup final, it doesn't really matter. You got to keep the black disc out of the net. They're trying to put it in on you. It doesn't matter where you are. It's the same goal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- well thank you so much, Kyle, for yeah. coming on, buddy. I always love having on, uh, you know, obviously, active goaltenders out there experiencing yeah. what it's like right now. I mean, you know, uh, hockey sort of has a, a different face even every few years, not just, just every decade. And obviously, you know, today we'll just, uh, shed a ton of light on, on what it takes to, to make it to the highest levels of hockey and have success there. So can you just absolutely. let people know everything get in touch with you online? Yeah, absolutely. So on my Instagram, um, I'm at Kyle underscore Kaiser 30. If anyone has any messages or, you know, has any questions, I'm more than happy to answer. And then, you know, on Twitter, I'm, uh, 
at Kyle Kaiser 38. So you can get to me either of those places. If you guys just want to talk goaltending or anything like that, I'm always more than happy to. And sorry if I got a little wordy on some of these questions, guys, I like to talk a lot. So oh, forgive, forgive me not. for that. <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we like to make uh nerding out on goaltending. Cool okay, good. Here, you know, okay, so, good. Uh, no, we're, we're good, man. That's the good stuff. People love the getting into details. So that all the kids out there listening good. Can, can, you know, get out there and essentially, so, you know what? I'm going to go try what Kyle tries, see if it works right. for me and help them find success. So, yeah, uh, that's it. Go check out Kyle Kaiser. All the links will be available in the show notes if, if you want to connect with him. But he's played at the next level and experienced tons of success for years now. And I know he's got a very bright future ahead of him. So, maybe somewhere down the road, we'll, we'll have you back on the show, dude, if that's something that interests you. I would love to. Anytime you guys want. Right on, man. Well, I'm grateful for coming on, buddy. Good luck as we roll into the thickest season. Merry Christmas. You take care. Stay safe, <laughs> and we'll chat soon, man. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Goal is if you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. And make sure to tune back into the show in two weeks and every other Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. As next episode, I have Alex Westland, former pro veteran goaltender, now turned pro veteran coach with the Washington Capitals, uh, Hershey Bears AHL or, uh, or team organization as their lead development coach. Uh, and goalie coach in the AHL. And Alex gives us a, a deep inside look into Washington's system, what he looks for in goalies, how he looks to develop his guys and ultimately get them ready for the NHL. And Alex dropped some fire in this conversation. Uh, was really fortunate to have him on the show. And I know you guys are going to love this one. You're not going to want to miss it. So make sure to tune back next episode. And finally, big shout out to all the people who rate and review our show. We are so grateful uh, for everybody. Just I always constantly uh, go through there, check out what people are saying. The feedback has been phenomenal. And I'm just so grateful for you guys. So whether you got something out of the show or you want to enter into our giveaway, uh, please go leave a, a rating and review so when people come to look at the show or they, they, they browse through it in their, um, in their catalogs, you know, they look and, and uh, they see that it's worth their time and it means a lot to us. So please uh, leave a rating and review. Please share with your friends. And obviously, without further ado, here are the giveaway details for the NeuroTracker X subscriptions we're giving away. And to enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. If you guys are also interested in getting started with the product, feel free to hit me up either by email or Instagram direct messages to get more details. Additionally, Spotify has now added uh, a rating and review section as well in the app. So uh, we also will be accepting rating and reviews in the Spotify app as well. Uh, in the in the process follows the same way. If you guys want to take a screenshot and send it over, uh, that'd be great. So get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next episode.